we don't live in a bubble just yeah. because you're isolated on, in the in the southwest dogleg of the city. Mm -hmm. um, you're part of a community, and that community doesn't end at 27th Street. It doesn't end on uh, Forest Home Avenue or Beloit Road. Mm -hmm. um, we're all neighbors. Yeah. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action, and my name is Sam Woods. Today, we have an election special with Peter Bergelis, aldermanic candidate for the 11th district on the southwest side of the city. Now, as usual, our election specials are not endorsements of the candidates interviewed, but rather to highlight the importance of local elections and the people running in them. As always, if you like what we're doing, you can support us on Patreon. Now, we don't make any money from the podcast, but by supporting us on Patreon, you keep us breaking even on things like the radio station, as well as investing in new equipment. So to our Patreon supporters, thank you. For those who are unaware, we have a couple elections coming up in 2020 beyond the presidential election. In the spring, we have two elections, one on February 18th and one on April 7th. Included on these ballots are aldermanic races and mayoral races. So candidates for mayor and your local aldermanic district will be on those ballots. If you are unsure whether you are registered to vote or unsure of where to vote, go to myvote.we.gov, that's myvote.wi.gov, to visit your polling place, see what's on your ballot, all kinds of things voting related, myvote.we.gov. Uh, go there if you're at all unsure. And without further ado, we'll let Peter Bergelis take it away. My name is Peter Bergelis, he, him, his. I am a first-generation uh, LGBTQ American running for office, campaigning for the 11th Aldermanic District to represent uh, the southwest side of Milwaukee in the Common Council. So the 11th Aldermanic District is the southwest dogleg of the city that goes from St. Luke's Hospital on 27th Street mm -hmm. west out to 99th Street. It includes Jackson Park, uh, Serb Hall, Discount Liquor is everyone's favorite landmark. Um, it's a it's really a bedroom community, south of West Dallas, north of Greenfield. Peter, you live quite a life, both inside and outside of Milwaukee, in right a here. bunch of different, in a bunch of different sectors of of America, right? So this might be the hardest question I ask, but in like two minutes, what's your life story? Sure. Well, uh, I grew up in Wauwatosa, uh, born at West Dallas Memorial, not too far away from the 11th Aldermanic mm -hmm. District. Parents split when I was three. Uh, so my mom was a single mom with myself and two older sisters, uh, and I've always had a beagle at home. My first beagle's name was Lulu, and then I had Stoli, and now I have Booker. But I uh, went to Wauwatosa Public Schools, Washington Elementary mm -hmm. School, Longfellow Middle School, and then Marquette High School, and I graduated that in 1996. That was the last time we had a polar vortex in Milwaukee where it was consistently 30 degrees mm -hmm. below zero. Uh, for weeks on end and that's yeah. when I decided to go to school out east so I yeah, started right. <laughs> yep <laughs> so my sister went to George Washington University um, I applied got early acceptance there mm -hmm. and really enjoyed my time in DC my second uh, year there I earned an internship in the Clinton Walt White House and mm -hmm. that's the fall of 1997 really enjoyed working um, for the administration uh, worked a lot didn't go to class as much as I should have. Sure. So then uh, soon after that, I had a great opportunity to run a nonprofit in Southwest Michigan okay. at the Latvian Center Long Lake or Latvian Center Gadazers. That's the largest Latvian cultural center outside of Latvia. 
Hmm. That's where everyone from the Midwest uh, sends their Latvian American kids in the summertime to learn Latvian language and culture. Hmm. I went through all of that programming every summer growing up. Mm-hmm. When it was when I graduated the program, I was a camp counselor, a maintenance grunt, and then a manager one summer. And I was asked to apply to run that organization and be executive director. I thought there's no way that they're going to hire a 20-year-old person mm-hmm. who hasn't finished school yet mm-hmm. uh, to run this nonprofit. But I took a chance at it, yeah. and I guess I had a really good interview. <laughs> they gave me a, an opportunity, and I spent four years there growing their budget from 300000 or so a year operating to over 900000 mm. uh, Really took a fresh approach to fundraising and uh, improving the facility. But uh, I feel like I got a lot of myself from that organization sure. and the opportunity to lead and do better for the community. And that's common theme that I've seen that my older sisters, my mom, uh, my parents, my grandparents uh, instilled in me from a very early age. So after four years in in Michigan, I moved to Louisville to open a restaurant with some friends of mine. Yes, tell me about it. Well, it was was great. Um, Actually, that last summer in Michigan, I had to fire my kitchen manager. And I called up my buddies and I said, hey guys, I have a favor to ask you and you can't say no, the center needs you. Mm -hmm. We're putting out 900, 950 meals a day and I have to fire my kitchen manager, Mm -hmm. please come and help. But um, they came and helped me finish out the kitchen that summer as a result of those conversations. uh, And that experience, we decided to open a restaurant. We were severely undercapitalized. We opened, uh, we we wrote a note with the landlord for the equipment in the the building. We ended up with 53 seats, a beer and wine license. We opened with $7,500 cash and somehow we made it work. It was a lot of hard work, a Mm -hmm. lot of late nights. Um, we didn't have, we opened September 9th, um, and we didn't have a dishwasher, a person or a machine until December 29th. Wow. Um, but it was a lot of hard work and effort, um, to, to make that happen. I was with the restaurant for two years, um, and my business partners went a different direction. And so did I, Mm -hmm. that's when I got into the mortgage industry and, um, I really enjoy helping people finance their homes, either purchase something new and move into the home, home ownership. Uh, experience or save on what they already are paying for their home that they already own. Um, it feels really good to help one family at a time improve their financial situation and help them use their home as a tool to build wealth. Mm-hmm. The American dream, yeah. um, right? Sure. What's hardest? Growing a budget from three hundred thousand to nine hundred thousand. Growing a restaurant from we'll say we'll say nothing for the sake of you know artistic storytelling, or finding a perfect home for for a client. Like what's the, what's the hardest challenge? The hardest probably the restaurant. Yeah, that's um, kind of what I figured. It's a much smaller team. Working um, at the Latvian Center Long Lake or the Latvian Center Gadazers. Um, we had a really good team of people, a great team, a great board leadership team. We had a great crew of volunteers and parents. And if you have a common mission, all you have to do is coordinate people in one direction and the organization can grow organically. And I credit everyone at the organization that helped. Yeah. So this is probably going to be the second most difficult question after what's your life in two minutes. Um, but what's a what's a brief overview of your platform? What are you bringing to the 11th district if elected? Uh, when I'm when I'm elected, sure. um, I'll right. be able to my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm elected, my focus really is potholes and public safety. Hmm. Um, yeah, potholes are important and we need to make the road safer. But instead of patching, patching streets with potholes, 
We could use that euphemism for a lot of other city challenges. There's never a magic wand to solve the city's problems, public safety, even um, infrastructure, keeping roads in good condition. But if you're not willing to try new methods or um, try new technology to see if that can help a little bit, maybe if it works, awesome. If it, and then you can grow and expand that. If it doesn't work, cut it off and move on to some, something new. When I see leadership from City Hall jumping up and down and complaining about the mayor or complaining mm -hmm. about this or complaining about that, that's all well and good. Complain all you want, but do something about it. Yeah. And I don't see that from my leadership in City Hall. That's why I decided to run. All right. So potholes in public safety. What is within your power as alderman to address those issues? I think the biggest opportunity we have for improvement across city services, across city departments that impacts our bottom line mm -hmm. is retention. And if we, some city departments have annual turnover of 20, 30%, mm -hmm. which if all you're doing is looking for and training new employees, you're really spinning your wheels. You're, you don't have a good yeah. um, tenured skill set. Uh, and one way that the city can improve that metric is to make it a metric. In the private sector, management is evaluated on a lot of different um, variables, measurables. At, in the city of Milwaukee, in the county, in Milwaukee County, management isn't held uh, accountable for retention. That needs to change, because if because most people don't leave their job because of pay. Pay is certainly important, but people leave a toxic work environment. They leave a bad boss. Mm -hmm. I've done it myself, mm -hmm. yeah. and. If we can just move the needle a little bit on retention and encourage employees to feel valued, encourage city employees to feel honored and dignified civil mm -hmm. servants, civil professionals, mm -hmm. then they'll want to stay. And if we move that needle just slightly, that's going to be thousands and thousands of dollars in savings and immeasurable value of improved efficiencies across any across okay. any city department. You participated in the Milwaukee Police Department Citizen Academy recently. I sure did. And then you also mentioned before we were talking before the interview, you mentioned you went on a ride along last night. What was that experience like? The Milwaukee Police Department Citizen Academy happens a few times a year. Uh, it, the program's seven Thursday evenings in a row. And you get a wide range of an overview uh, from um, police methodology, community involvement, um, what happens in a traffic stop, why do you see police running down the street without their lights on. You become um, a lot more familiar with the behind the scenes um, operations of the police department. We toured the telecommunication center, the dispatch center, mm -hmm. and got a really good understanding on um, what their challenges are uh, to make sure that no one's waiting on hold when yeah. you call for help. Yeah. The police department is they're the, the first line of security for the city. They see Milwaukeeans at their most challenging moments in their life. If you're calling uh, the police department for help, you're not having a good day. And the officers that protect the city have to manage that and make us better and make us safe every single day they go to work. So hats off to them. Um, the ride along last night at District 6, uh, went really, really well. Um, big shout out to Dan, Officer Dan Druick, who uh, took me around. Thank you, Dan. Uh, <laughs> but what I noticed, we went on probably a dozen different calls throughout the, the evening. And we did the, the shift from 4 p.m. until midnight. And we ended up having to get a little overtime in there, too, uh, to help with a, a major incident. But the reoccurring theme that uh, I saw the officers, and especially uh, Officer Druick, um, they were able to connect 
with citizens in their moments of distress, calm them down and turn a situation, maybe not into the best possible outcome, but without, but really being a listener and encouraging and, and helping make a bad situation mm -hmm. not as awful. Right. And that takes years of talent and skill and you could see it. It was an experience that I would love to repeat at some point. Yeah. Um, because I saw a lot of the community and I saw a lot of how District 6 makes my neighborhood safer. And I'd encourage anyone who's interested in helping understand or helping learn about the police department to sign up for the Citizens Academy, uh, Milwaukee.gov, search for the police department, and Officer Zorch will be happy to uh, let you know when the next academy class is, or next, when the next Citizens Academy class mm -hmm. is uh, scheduled. What inspires you about the 11th district? What makes you proud to call it home? I think the southwest part of Milwaukee is one of the best parts of the city, and it's really a hidden gem. Um, you have ready access to parks, uh, great restaurants, um, a lot of small hole-in-the-wall uh, dive bars, which make Milwaukee, which made Milwaukee mm -hmm. famous. Uh, and you're not far away from shopping. Um, the 11th Aldermanic District, really, if you imagine the rectangle of the interstate system in Milwaukee, mm -hmm. the 11th District is smack dab in the middle of that. It's convenient to every part of Milwaukee. The 11th district also has a great housing supply and it's not really expensive and they're great safe neighborhoods. It's a great place of the city to raise a family. And we've seen a lot of younger, more diverse families moving to the district in the last few years. Yeah. So one question I like to ask elected officials is, what do you think of as your constituency? And I ask it because there's legally, it's a clear answer. It's the 11th district. If you live in the 11th district, you're in my constituency. But problems of the 11th district aren't simply just like in the 11th district. They're kind of like citywide. And leadership in City Hall needs to certainly focus on the neighborhood, mm -hmm. fix those potholes, make sure yeah, the yeah, garbage yeah. is picked up on right. time and streetlights are, are replaced and working. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, fundamental and really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, but what you can't do is ignore what's going on in the rest of the city, because when other neighborhoods suffer, the 11th district also suffers. Yeah, right. But when other neighborhoods do better, the entire city does better. Mm -hmm. And that's what leadership in City Hall needs to focus on. Mm -hmm. um, we don't live in a bubble just yeah. because you're isolated um, in the in the southwest dogleg of the city. Mm -hmm. um, you're part of a community and that community doesn't end uh, at 27th Street. It doesn't end on uh, Forest Home Avenue or Beloit Road. Mm -hmm. um, we're all neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of dogleg, what, what's Booker out to? I mean, Booker. Sure. Booker is my beagle that I got him at the Humane Society a couple of years ago. Um, he was really, really skittish um, when I got him. He was afraid of the television doors that were closing. It took him six weeks to be able to uh, walk down the stairs to the basement. Uh, he still growls at the beagle that lives inside the fireplace once in a while. But um, he's slowly come out of his shell and day by day has improved. Uh, he had uh, some health problems when I got him. He's healthy now. Uh, he loves his walks. He loves meeting all the neighbors and the neighbor's dogs um, uh, going up and down uh, Jackson Park. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, he's, he's uh, I wish that I'd be able to take him with me knocking doors and getting to know my neighbors more. Uh, he would love it, but I don't know if the neighbor's dogs yeah. would all appreciate yeah. having yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Booker yeah. come visit. It's probably a good call. But um, but he's he's great. Uh, he loves uh, going to the park and sniffing. He, his he's nose down, tail up, mm -hmm. as often as he can be. Yeah. Um, 
So do you have any action steps for listeners either to get involved in your campaign or to just get involved in your community in general? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Number one, <laughs> yeah, vote. Mm. Number two, preach. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, number two, learn more about the candidates. Ask mm-hmm. questions, look at websites, um, uh, ask your neighbors, talk to your neighbors uh, who they're supporting, share who you're supporting uh, with your neighbors. If you have a question about a campaign, reach out to the candidate. If the candidate doesn't call you back as a candidate, mm-hmm. we'll see if they calls you back as alderman. Right, yeah, yeah, probably not. But um, ask questions, ask what you, uh, how you can get involved. If you want to help my campaign, um, sign up at peter4milwaukee.com, peter, F-O-R-M-K-E.com. Uh, volunteers are always appreciated. Um, if you want to get to know your neighbors or the neighbors in the 11th district, come knock doors with me. Um, if you uh, want to help stuff envelopes, uh, we, we have uh, lots of opportunities for that. If you want to help put out yard signs, um, sure. we need help there. Uh, the primary election is in February on February 18th. Uh, that's important. The general election for all city offices mm-hmm. is April 7th. That's that happens to be the same day as the presidential primary. Mm-hmm. There may be a couple candidates left, um, less than twelve, maybe. Yeah, we'll see probably. Uh, how how the, hopefully how the winter months shake out. Um, so the turnout is expected to be really strong on election day. Mm-hmm. But the biggest op- challenge in the eleventh aldermanic district, and specifically in this race, is undervotes. Undervoting, which means that you vote for the top of the ticket, like the presidential candidate, but not for. Mm-hmm. The local offices, aldermen, judges right. at the bottom of the ticket. The undervote for the eleventh aldermanic district is anywhere between twenty-five and thirty-five percent, which is huge. Wow. And that just really means that people don't know the names, they don't recognize the races. That means that the messaging hasn't been strong in that race. Right. I'm going to work as hard as I can to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. No. Please do. That's 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 a that's a crisis. Uh, please do. <laughs> it's, well, it's. It, and it's typical, honestly, for local races yeah. a- across the country. That's wild. Um, for the general election, there were almost 15,000 votes cast in the 11th Aldermanic District, but 2,533 people didn't vote for aldermen when they voted for somewhere else in the ticket. Um, that's significant. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Peter, for joining us, and thank you for listening. As I mentioned in the intro, if you are unsure of whether you are registered to vote or where your polling place is, go to myvote.we.gov, type in your address and your name, and you'll get all the tons of information voting related from your polling place to whether you're registered to what's on your ballot. Really, if you are unsure about anything voting related, myvote.we.gov, that's myvote.wi.gov, go visit it. Coming up this spring, we have local elections on February 18th and April 7th, so as you're heading into the new year, keep those on your radar. As always, thank you for listening, and let us know how you have helped bridge the city.